off of the things that we all know are not working in the world because there's a lot of those things but we all know already what's not working so maybe if we just shift our focus and start looking at what is working and building on that growing that like you know investing in that nurturing that and uh supporting that then maybe uh we're going to shift now welcome chef to the show um i want to know about what's going on you know basically you've done so much for the community from you know just recently uh being candidate for mayor yeah. which is a big deal that's like very courageous Thank to you. um to helping out the community and opening up a restaurant with your wife six years ago um that's a huge deal a very successful restaurant that's delicious and um and uh you know you mentor the youth you know you do gratitude trainings you have done so much. You are uh, a chef. You've been on Top Chef for four seasons. <laughs> That's a huge deal. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, you're, it seems like your goal is to help and empower people, and that's exactly what I want on this show. Mm. So thank you for being a part of this. Um, tell me a little bit about what it was to grow up as Chef Josie. <laughs> that was fun. Okay, so that was a, hey, let's segue right into that, right? Um, thank you, Alex, for that, you know. Um, yeah, you know, there's, it's not a secret, right? I do, I'm a busy woman. I like to stay busy. Um, it's not just about being busy, though, right? I don't consider it busy. I consider it like living my life. And so, like, everything I'm doing is because I am living a unapologetic, uh, unregrettable life, <laughs> you know? And um, the part of living is, like, actually doing things. It's, like, living, you know? Um, I guess you can also just sit, you know, like, we're sitting here and we're living right now, but it's about the experiences, right? So as a young Josie, you could just imagine that um, I was a very special kid. <laughs> I think my family kind of knew what they were getting into early on in this relationship. Uh, but, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I grew up down here in South Florida in, I grew up in Hialeah and I went to um, Milam Elementary in the heart of West Hialeah, like right next to Westland Mall. Nice. Uh, I went to, uh, you know, a special arts school called North Center for the Arts through my like junior high and high school years and then finished and graduated from Hialeah Miami Lakes. Um, 
I mean, there's, that's a deeper story, but we're not going to go into that right now. You have to buy the book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, then after that, I kind of like lived here in Miami. I lived on South Beach during uh, the time when they considered South Beach the Riviera of uh, the U.S., and um, so you can only imagine it was very fabulous. Um, <laughs> Love it. And, um, you know, that was like, uh, those were the years when like Madonna was uh, doing photo shoots in the middle of Washington Avenue, you know? That's when uh, Sylvester Stallone was dropping off models at the model restaurant, I mean, a uh, hotel, hostel on 9th Street and Collins Avenue and like dropping them off at like, 5.30 in the morning at daybreak and giving them a kiss, you know? That was like paparazzi central and it was partying with, you know, Gloria Stefan and her husband. It was, yes. you know, partying with Prince. It was like a time, you know? So I lived through that time too and I was like a baby. So all these fabulous people who um, have taken me under their wing and really... Um, exposed me to a very creative and expressive world yeah i love that and um, yeah and and that was like wow you know what a blessing and in that then living in new york city and not knowing really what it was that i was gonna do um my first uh i guess you could say my first love was not necessarily food it was uh, film and photography. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and music. And so, um, you know, I always say, like, if I weren't a chef, what would I be doing right now? And I'd love to be a filmmaker and a photographer or a musician, you know? Yeah. But we'll get into that too later, right? <laughs> got some music in there now. We got some music in there now. So, speaking of that, can we dive into that a little bit? Um, you are now not only a chef, uh, you know, an entrepreneur who's created different businesses, uh, but you are now a DJ, right? You can add DJ to the resume yeah. of uh, Chef Josie. I mean, I don't, you know, DJ is a loose term uh, because I'm still even learning the craft and learning the, the art. I think a big, huge part of it is knowing music. Yeah. And like, I was just, uh, kind of sharing with you was like there was a time of my life that I lived on a dance floor and it was the best time of my life and in multiple cities all around the world so this space to me that I'm a part of and kind of getting back into is a like it's a transformational kind of experience for me um, because it's like coming back to a space where I was so free, so free, you know? And I, I've never necessarily experienced that kind of freedom besides the kind of freedom that I find on a dance floor. And, you know, during COVID, COVID got crazy. So, um, you know, a lot of people were dealing with mental health and um, a lot of us lost a lot of people we cared about, right? Yeah. And, um, wow, I'm, I'm gonna bring myself to tear tier. Okay, um, but, okay, let's. <laughs> um, a friend of mine, uh, you know, dealt with depression and committed suicide during that time. 
and she is my friend, my D, she's a DJ, and not just a DJ, like, you know, a top 100 billboard DJ. Oh, wow. And so, uh, and her and I, we, we, you know, whatever, she was my, she was like the older sister I didn't have, you know, the big sister I didn't have. And we were just like, they, they used to think about us as like the two gay girls who would be at the party like at two o'clock in the morning. And it was like, no other lesbians would hang out until two o'clock in the morning. Everyone goes to sleep, right? Yeah. And, and so we were at all the fabulous parties in New York City dancing until the sun came up. And it was just like amazing. And it was our escape and it was this uh, friendship, right? Well, she, she passed away during COVID and what she did, that experience, what that did was it like awakened a part of me that had been just napping, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it reminded me how it is, how important it is to be like living what you want to be really doing, right? Absolutely. And, um, Fuck yeah. you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, and no matter what, right? You know, no matter what, no matter if it seems scary and no matter if you don't really know how to do it. Um, it doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem possible, you know? It just, you know, time doesn't seem right. Right. What, whatever it is that you think is getting in the way of you doing that. So for me, you know, I was like making up all kinds of things. Like I, I maybe I don't have enough time to do it. Um, I definitely don't know how to DJ like everybody else right now. I mean, I know music, but it's like there's a lot more to this and whatever. But, you know, we used to play all, of, all the time. She had a studio down in her basement. <laughs> and oh, she nice. was like, we were like killing it on the turntables. But all this new digital world is different. You know, it's like uh, programming. And yeah. uh, it's really cool. And the controllers are still a controller, but... I mean, they have all these damn buttons and you're like, what do all these buttons do and these little knobs and there's like all this stuff. Yeah. And so to me, it's also like a new skill that I get to learn. And um, I, I love the challenge. <laughs> I, yeah. And I, I love great. music. So this is this this little journey. Lady Snack Daddy is dedicated and in honor of my friend Liza Patico. Uh, you know, I have a little tattoo here. That is, um, oh wow, very beautiful. It's uh, you know, illuminating because it's like the disco ball kind of went to heaven, right? Yeah, and the the chord spells out uh, her name that uh, you know, that we we used to call each other. She'd call me Pato, which means duck, you know, it's like a slang, very bad, like way of saying like gay, you know? Yeah, it's basically a derogatory word it's like faggot right and okay then, but it's um that's how we would call each other because we're like faggot you know and that was like a cult, a part of the culture in the new york club scene um and it was kind of an endearing term not really a slanderous one right um but uh and then i since she was a small faggot you know i used to call her fatico like a little one you know and that's um, that's that's where it is. So this journey here is not only just my own. It it was a reminder from a friend that life is now. And even though I practice that all the time, and I practice being in the presence and like, you know, going through this life and just allowing life to unravel yeah. as it will, and be with everything that shows up, and use that as a way to grow. 
you know, it's a beautiful cycle, right? It's like life nurtures you if you allow it to nurture you. Yes. But if you resist it, right? Yes. Then that's where we start finding the struggles. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I, um, I was recently listening to a, a, a audiobook. Uh, it's Earl Nightingale, The, the uh, Greatest or The Strangest Secret. And basically one of the analogies in the book is that your mind is basically like the land. And what you plant in the land will grow. So if you plant, you know, positivity, believing in yourself, liking yourself, making an effort to do positive affirmations, you know, if you want to be a millionaire, you can be a millionaire. You know, like you can be anything you want to become if you choose to. Here's a prime example, you know, of somebody who, you know, grew up not knowing if she was going to become something and became so many great things. And I think that, you know, if you remind yourself that the mind is so powerful, we just choose to not utilize it for the right reasons, I think. And like, it's taken me a lot of growth and maturity and aging, unfortunately, to get to this level of thinking. And I have to program myself to constantly think this way because I could lose sight in, in reality. Like reality shows up, right? Shit happens. And at the end of the day, like it's our choice who we want to become. And if you, you have to practice being a good person, you have to practice <laughs> yeah, kindness. Right. You have to practice, especially at the most difficult times. That's when you have to show up, when you have to do the right thing. And if we're able to do it, I think that's where you're able to develop self-esteem, mm-hmm. self-worth. And then you have that confidence to do anything you want to do. Yeah, you you you, um, you just highlighted a really important word that anyone you know for anyone who's watching the most important word that I think you just said was practice, and it's like football teams, you know, or basketball teams or whatever kind of team. Just think of team, and uh, say you're winning. Uh, there's a game and you're playing this game, right? And this team is playing this game. <laughs> yeah. In order to be the team that wins the game, it's going to work through so many different other teams, right? So who's going to be the best team? And not from being better than each other, but who's going to be the best team? Like, because they put in the work, because they put, like, the practice in. You know, they did their dribbles. They did their, their uh, you know, layups. Your drills. Um, yes. You know, you, you, you went and did your laps. I know I'm being very athletic here, if you can't We're tell. We're so lesbian. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. This is lesbianic. <laughs> okay. I mean, it is lesbian. Oh, yeah. So, you know. I know. I just heard myself say that. I'm like, why can't I just get out of the athletics? No. Okay. It came out. I, I still have my card. Um, but, um, you know, it's like when you think about that, the practice is what makes it, like, stick. Yeah, absolutely. And anything. So that's anything. Anything. You got to put in the work to get the results that you want, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about Bubbles and Pearls. Tell us about your restaurant, you know, how you started it, what, what inspired you to start the restaurant, <laughs> and then what got you through the process because I'm sure it wasn't easy. Hmm. I'm sure there were obstacles that got in the way of creating a business. Uh, so share that with us a little bit about, you know, the process. Yeah. So, you know, Bubbles and Pearls is my first restaurant. It won't be the last. Yeah, I love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go <to> get it. <laughs> pew, pew. 
come. I don't know why though. You know, it's like if you here's a warning to anyone who wants to get to the restaurant, don't. Okay, but um, you know that that being said, it takes a very special kind of person, a very special kind of people to want to be in this industry and actually succeed in it. Right. Yeah. So hats off to everyone who's who's thriving in it right now because I see you and I know how hard it is to get it done. Right. Yeah. That being said. It's like, you know, you have a choice, right? And you know, look, I could be doing all kinds of things. I definitely don't need to be owning a restaurant right now, right? Um, and who knows, you know, maybe those other things would make me happier than owning a restaurant, right? I don't know, but I'll tell you that owning a restaurant really like feeds a certain part of my soul, yeah. right? I mean, you know, cooking is how I basically establish myself. And that is a God-given gift. I knew how to cook before I went to culinary school. I didn't. I went to culinary school. I I learned technicalities. I then stepped into professional kitchens and worked with masters. And then I learned the like vision behind it. And I learned, uh, you know, technique. And I learned like just like concept, right? Um, I started to look and observe like how the restaurant worked and the nuances of like every area of the space and it just fascinated me you know yeah and so what inspired you to open up shop um, someone came to me who I knew from this leadership community you know that I'm uh, that that I was a part of uh, another fatal fatal you know um, I guess you call victim of COVID, but um, um, they had to sh close their doors. But anyways, a leadership program, right? Called Gratitude, right? And we all met through that. And they reached out to me because they wanted to open up a donut shop. And I was like, girl, you're talking to the wrong girl, man. I don't wake up. <laughs> I, don't you got to wake up early to, for, to make donuts? <laughs> yeah, you know? coffee. Yeah, yeah. I was like, donuts? I mean, like, okay. You know, and it's also not necessarily in alignment with my eat well, live happy kind of philosophy of life, right? Yeah, congratulations you know? on the uh, weight loss, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Tell, um, tell the crowd how, how you've lost how much now? 40 pounds. That's a big deal. That's yeah. a big deal. That is a big deal. I'm very proud of you. It's kind of ridiculous. But um, it's it's inspiring. It's motivating. Yeah, you know, I I I want to be in the best shape of my life. I'm committed to being in the best shape of my life going into my um, my elder life. You know, whatever that looks like. And um, you know, I was in great shape when I was in my twenties, right? Well, like, what happens in that middle time? You know, it's like yeah. it's, it's a lifestyle, guys. Correct. You know what I mean? It's a lifestyle. And I really think that like it's not about weight. Cause it's not, oh, I lost 40 pounds and oh my God, like that's so great. Like, okay, I feel better, that's me. But like there's no body shaming here that I'm speaking into. Like, you know, whatever, wherever you are and wherever you feel comfortable is, right. and wherever you're healthy. Yeah. That's the conversation for me. The, where are you healthy? Like I was, I was like um, really um, kind of battling with uh, heart, um, you know, high blood pressure. Okay. 
maybe it's because of the industry, maybe it's because of the food, maybe it's because of what is it, right. you know? But I'll tell you, when you have 40 extra pounds on you, you're not helping your heart do its job, right? Yeah, correct. So there's no judgment there. You no. know, I'm not trying to be like, whatever. No. no. <laughs> I'm just being like, okay, heart, I hear you, boo-boo. Right. Let me trim it down so that you can breathe, you know? And that's that's what I'm talking about. And so that, <laughs> that's how I look at this, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, So I'm super excited to, do, uh, to actually lose the weight. And I want to get back to my football playing weight, right? Which yeah. is like 170. And I want to be like, boom. Nice. And you know why? Because I feel good like that, you know? And yes. the life that I'm living, trust. Like, I need to be like, boom, 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 you know? And it's good. It's fun. It's it's exciting. I don't know. It, it gets me fired up, you know? Yeah. Um, and I also know how to relax. So. <laughs> <laughs> Relaxing is, I mean, to me, I, I'm all about the hustle. Yeah. So to, it's hard for me to relax because it's either if I relax, I'm like too relaxed and I'm not doing that much. Mm. If I'm hustling, then I'm just, I'm go, 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 go. And I don't have time for the relax. I'm going to send you a calendar and I'll send it to you and I'll walk you through it. But you're going to love this little new tool I'm going to show yeah. you. Because it's going to show you like exactly where you're putting your time. And you know what? We get to relax, okay? Yeah, we and earn it. We do earn it. We can just schedule that time in. Right, absolutely. And then when we schedule that time in, however re- level of relax you want to be, be relaxed. True. Okay, True. it's your time to have. True. So go and schedule some time for yourself, yes. okay? In those yes. busy schedules. <laughs> um, but, you know, so back to bubbles. Yeah. Like they... They wanted to open up a donut shop, and I was like, donuts, I don't think so. But they said, well, if you could make a million dollars, you know, making donuts, would you, would you wake up in the morning and do that and would you be would you open a donut shop i go yeah of course you know i mean i guess so i, I don't know you know I, still a million dollars is definitely not my price guys okay right. i'm not telling you yeah, it's not that much nowadays unfortunately yeah yeah so i'm just saying you know i mean i'm not gonna turn it away but that's why i was like okay you know maybe you know let's let's look because i know what a million dollars could help build right and not just for me but for everyone in my life, yeah. because you know me, okay? When the water rises, not just my ship is rising, I'm bringing all the ships around me rising, you know? Yeah. Because that's what it's about for me. It's about community. It's about investing back into the community. It's about nurturing each other. It's about, um, it's like, it's like gardens, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's attending your garden. That connection. Yeah. Creating that connection putting down roots before girl i was not the the person to put roots i was traveling all over the place i was be bopping all over the land all over the globe yes i can relate to that you get what i'm saying and and so there were no roots right but that how do you what are you building there now hey listen you could be that guy where you're 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 casting the golden net all over the globe yeah Okay, I'm, I'm down with that. As, as long as I say that you'd have roots, you still need roots. Correct. To, so, to grow. Yeah. In order to grow. So I'm back That's home. Yeah. Uh, I, I got excited and inspired. I mean, that was so a million dollars wasn't the only thing that inspired me. Definitely donuts didn't inspire me. But I thought to create roots here in my hometown, I mean, Wilton Manors is not my hometown, but South Florida is, you right. get what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah, Wilson Manors has become your now current home. Yeah, and yeah. it's been my home for almost seven years. Amazing. 
Yeah. Um, and my wife, Marcy, you know Marcy, um, Marcy Miller, go to her page, Marcy Minks. She's an artist. She's freaking amazing. She's awesome. And she's, awesome. she's beautiful. So yes. go and say hi. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> um, that being said, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> then you went home, you talked to Marcy. Yeah. You know, and, and Marcy really was like, uh, she's the one who brought me to Wilton Manors. And so we ended up purchasing this the space that her and I had our first date. Oh, wow. So that was uh, Carol Moran and Nancy Godwin's uh, um, Godwin. I know you're going to kill me. Goldwyn, Godwin. Okay, don't kill me. <laughs> Nancy's the best, guys. You guys don't even know. These two are amazing. But I'm going to get into that right now. Okay. Um, so Carol and Nancy, uh, they, you know... They were moving to New York City, right? And um, sometimes you just like she, she opened up Blue Moon and, and had Blue Moon and Thirteen even and, and Thirteen nice. and and all those places like she'd be doc, you know? Yeah. The, like those guys are B docs. They're big dykes on campus, guys. In case you don't know <laughs> what that is, B doc, you know? And um, they're the ones who've been holding it down and creating a space for like women in Wilton Manors, you know? Yeah. Them and another handful of other ladies, but they're the ones who like really like went boom, we're here, you know? Nice and have been supporting the ladies for such a long time. So their spot, apartment 9F, you you know, like that's where the ladies go, guys, okay? If they're not at my spot, they're at their spot. And for sure, you gotta go and support apartment 9F. Come on, guys. Yes, um, the support, the support. All the time. But so they owned 13 Even, which was a little place Marcy and I had our first date. And it's really, really funny, but we have funny stories about that. But I know we have a limited amount of time. So, so that, you bought that space? Yeah, so that's the space. That's the space. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah, fucking we, awesome. That's really cool. And and special. We, yeah. Very special. And that was our that was our first date spot. And, wow. And I'll tell you, Marcy said, um, so when we, you know, finally um, were like, okay, yeah, you know, and, and came to, um, you know, we were like, okay, it's definitely happening. Um you know, I was looking at the space and I still didn't know what this space was going to be like. I didn't know whether it was going to be a donut shop, but I didn't think it could be. So I was like, this has to be a restaurant. So maybe the first one is not going to be a donut shop. We're just going to open a restaurant. Okay. Right. And, um, okay. It's a restaurant. Okay. I know like I want to do a certain amount of numbers. So can this space, um, you know, Hold execute. Yeah. Well, well, no, just execute it. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the current setup, like, can it execute those numbers? Right. right? Makes sense. So then I was like, okay, I think we have to remove some of the pressure from the kitchen and put a little pressure here. Like, we need a garbage area. That's what I'm, uh, so you couldn't do everything in that little kitchen. It's, you know, the, the dishwashing sink is in there and there's like only like this much area to cook in, you know? Right. So you could only do so much, right? Then, uh, basically what ended up happening was, uh, you know, we, I started thinking, okay, well, how about some oysters? All right. And then, well, the, you know, the, the automatic for me, um, partner for for oysters is champagne and so i was like oh okay champagne and oysters hell yeah like my wife loves that that's what i was really thinking you know as i'm sitting in the space and just absorbing the energy and kind of feeling it out i know it sounds really woo woo but that's exactly what i did yeah. i was just like okay hmm 
and breathing into the space and like yeah you're creating you're creating you know your reality and and it's turned into something really beautiful yeah so then uh, I, I went home and I said okay Marcy we're gonna do this so what do you think about champagne and oysters and I came up with a name she was just like well first off I don't know about champagne and oysters well I know about champagne babe but oysters Right. And because she liked the champagne, she didn't really like the oysters. But I told her she's going to love oysters. So, (laughs) and uh, she worked at Rosie's. So, that's another place here in Wilton Manors, you know, Rosie's. She worked there for nine years. Okay. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So, she knows a lot of people in the community. You know, she's like the unofficial mayor of Wilton Manors, I think, because I'm like, oh, oh, not me. Uh, That was why she wanted me to come to Wilton Manors, actually, because she knew that I was on top. Chef, and I didn't know that she knew that because I wasn't like advertising, right? And she wanted to take me to a place where she was more popular than me, and uh, so I didn't even know that, you know, my wife. That's funny. <laughs> she's Love a thinker, that one. <laughs> she's awesome. Um, but. Uh, she started asking all of her guests over at Rosie's, you know, what do you guys think about oysters? And like, and everyone was like, ugh, I don't think of oysters. And like, she was freaking out. She came home and she goes, babe, I don't know about this oyster idea. I think that it like might not work. You know, I, I really, I'm a little worried about this oyster idea. Yeah. yeah. And, and I go, well, here's the name. Check it out. Bubbles and Pearls. And, and she goes, it sounds like a soap shop. And I'm like, wow, you're really not into my idea. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, whatever. And anyways, um, needless to say, here we are six, six years, years later. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. So tell us, like, give us like an average, uh, you know, day on the menu. So people kind of have some you know that are in south florida please go check out bubbles and pearls oh yeah you know what's, what's on the menu share it with us so clearly you know we are um this menu was is designed really to reflect uh, the community and be a place where people can come and get quality ingredients and um i'm not my style of food really is not over the top in this concept right it's very I want I want to bring real ingredients to the table yeah I think that in South Florida um, especially you know now the culinary scene is definitely expanding and it's growing and there's so many chefs down here who are so damn talented yes and so it's, it's just like shifting uh, the culture around food in South Florida so that we now expect quality ingredients as opposed to um, some of these like you know when arugula doesn't taste like arugula guys you know what I mean it's just like some green leaf on your plate it's yeah. because that is probably not like uh, it's not organic it's probably like um, some hydroponic mass-produced like who freaking knows it's not even arugula it's just like green leaf okay you can go into your yard and like cut some leaves off your you know tree and that would have more flavor trust me you so know you what have I mean? arugula on the menu yeah and we get it we get our produce uh from a farm we just so marcy and i just bought the business from our partners uh right when covid uh hit and yeah. And I know, you know, it was a very challenging time for so many people, including us, right? right. 
Um, however, even in that moment, and this is testament to just like, if you if you stay committed and your eyes stay open during those challenging times and you stay committed and you stay focused, you'll see not only the opportunities that are in that rubble. Yes. And it's because you always hear about, you know, and out of the ashes rise the phoenix, okay? Right. Well, the phoenix is like under the ashes with their eyes open, looking at the path you know, and you stay focused, you have to stay focused. And because we were committed to surviving, to thriving, because that's how we look at it, thriving. I don't want to survive anything. I want to thrive through it all, you know? Yeah. But, but um, you know, thriving through it, an opportunity opened up and we were able to purchase the business from our partners. So, you know, a lot of new businesses around the country opened up and entrepreneurs did what entrepreneurs do and they evolved they they saw the needs the voids in all of our community and pivoted into those new businesses right and this is what this is guys the entrepreneurial spirit in this country is what will always forever uh, move us forward and so I am out here supporting all the entrepreneurs yes. okay because go get it it's damn scary. It. it's scary it's scary but it's, but it's get it. worth it it's worth it because we're shifting the planet while we're doing what we're doing absolutely okay um, so let me ask you one question yeah. before we before we finish off mm -hmm. um, what is the legacy that you'd like to leave behind. <laughs> mm, that's sweet. Um, it's not an easy question, you know. It's but it's you know what what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? The impact that you want to create. So you know, I have a vision for the world, right? You know, I'm a I'm a huge stand and supporter of a conscious, nurturing planet where love and creativity flow, and so being a stand for those things, being committed to those things is about being a space to, to create acceptance in the world with our consciousness, our minds are open. When we're conscious, you know, the, the practice of mindfulness is, is available to you. Yep. When we're conscious, uh, we, we recognize that that choice is every, every single thing that we're doing is our choice and that there's 100% accountability 100% of the time. Um, in consciousness, we, we understand that like all living things matter and it means each other, it means uh, the animals, it means the plants and the planet, it means you know understanding that we're one huge ecosystem, right? right. So this, uh, yeah, this, this level of consciousness is what I'm stand for and that when you're conscious, comes the obvious call to nurturing right and that's when you're nurturing each other you're nurturing all living things you're nurturing the plant and living things include the plants guys okay which are producing our oxygen and helping us to breathe yes. clean air okay and feeding us you know um go plant life uh, <laughs> and um you know, then the vegans and vegetarians are loving you right now. They're just yeah. My wife is vegan. It. I'm plant based, but uh, very <laughs> more vegan than plant based. Uh, but um, so yeah, so you know, like really understanding that, and we never in nurturing the young people that we have. Even though like you and I are not parents, 
right? Yeah. I don't know about you, but like I really care about the kids. And because I was a kid, and I remember some of those like scary moments as a kid. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. And so there are kids out there and us as a society, right? We get to recognize that there are children out there. They're not just our, just because they're not our children, they are our children because those children grow up to be adults. And those children grow up to be adults and they either are loved and nurtured and see and, and understand how to be with other human beings or they grow up and they're filled with pain and they're, they have challenges and there's, you know, or they grow up lost or they grow up a lot of different things, you know? Sorry. You're fine. But, but I, I, you know, I really, really have a thing for supporting kids <laughs> and What's young people. What's a challenge that you went through as a kid? Um, you know, like I come from a broken home, right? And, and that means like, what does that mean? Cause I mean, a broken home can be interpreted many different ways. Yeah. So my parents got divorced, you know, and like right when we were about nine, well, I was like nine, 10 years old. So like right there in that time when you're like, oh, just in your stride and everything seems okay. But clearly up to that point, it wasn't okay. You get what I mean? Yeah. So there was a lot of fighting and things and bonfires in our driveway and like shit going down. You know what I mean? And so how many other kids grew up with that? And I always am so grateful to all the people in my life up to this point who have just been there. Like, and that's what I teach. Like I mentor young people. Like I, I mentor foster kids, you know, who are about to age out of the foster care system. Wow. And um, guys, we have a lot of work to do. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of work to do and we have a lot of work to do because like I said, you know, these young people, they're going to become adults and then they're, they're going to be a contribution, whatever contribution they are, they're going to be some sort of contribution. So what are we going to help them be a contribution of, yes. you know, or yeah. two or four. Right. And so, and then, you know, loving and creative world. I mean, come on. I know you go around giving free hugs to everybody, you know, yes. and it is like, if we could just like, you know, just continue loving. And even when, when you're bad, Okay, because guys, that's when you have to be the kindest. Trust me, I get pissed. Okay, <laughs> fuck yeah. And 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 I have a workshop that I'll I'll tell you all about, but not right now. Uh, but it's called Cut the Bullshit, and I really nice. invite people into a space of anger. Okay, that's cool. Because I think that you know, folks are bottling up anger like it's this like shameful, um, you know emotional expression right right when we all experience it, something to be ashamed of yeah and we all go through it we're human beings yeah and the the goal here is like you know just to make sure there's a there's a you know there's a, a scale right yeah. of, of um of anger you know like are you gonna become psychotic and like go and like take you know let's not joke about that but like are you gonna go and harm someone you get what i'm saying or are you angry and you need to like yell at the top of your lungs and you need to like beat a pillow and you need to go and like work out harder or you need to and maybe sometimes when you have anger you're like turning to other things to numb you out right yeah, and drugs so and drugs and alcohol you know and that doesn't really support you in in having uh you know a life that's not very conscious if you're just going to yeah. like fall into that yeah. you know because we're not victims no we're not victims unless you choose to be 
and choice. and I know it's tough. So I'm not going to go down that right, right but you yeah, know, but yes. but I know it's it's tough. And so and then creative. You know, a lot of folks think that they're not so creative. Right. Yes. Someone just said it the other day to me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And they go like this. They serious. go. They go. Oh no, I'm not the creative type. But oh, we no, all we, can create. Right. He's like, oh, you're the creative type. Oh no, I, I I just like to do numbers, or I do this, or I do that, or I do this. Guys, it is you're gonna have to learn about creativity. If you're one of those people right now who are listening and don't know about creativity and think you're not creative, you better open up your eyes right now and start thinking about creativity. And I'm gonna invite you into a space right here and tell you about like if you're in a relationship. To have your relationship be a lifelong lasting relationship, trust me, you better know how to be creative, okay? Yeah. All right? Woo! I believe it. Okay? If you're, <laughs> if, if you're single out there, and just listen to this, if you're single out there and like you've been single for seven years, you know, and you're like, what is going on? You better get creative, okay? And... You know, if you're in your job and it seems really stale and man, all the new kids on the block are moving in and they're hiring and you're starting to sense that they might be starting to give you the boot. Okay, you better start <laughs> opening your mind and be open to being creative. I love it. And trust me, you are already creative because even if you don't know it, if you're in your relationship, it's a long lasting, lifelong relationship, you've been creative. Yes. Okay, if you're in your job right now and you watch that wave of young uh, Gen Zers, hi Gen Zers, I love you guys, I <laughs> promise, I promise, but you know what's going on guys, okay, I'm just, look, I'm just speaking the truth here, okay, but you see this wave of Gen Zers coming in, right, and, and you're like, yeah, okay, well they're cool, they got a lot of energy and they're smart, right, but senior, you know what I mean? So I'm gonna go ahead and keep doing my thing and let me show these young guys how to do this, right? And you still have your job and now you're their boss, you don't even have to worry, you're not even competing with them anymore, trust me, you're creative. So yes. this is what I'm saying, okay? For everyone who's out there who says that they're not creative, trust me, you're creative already. You are but creative. Anyway, I have another workshop for that too, but. Uh. <laughs> well, thank you so much love for you, being man. on the show. I love you, give me a hug. I love you. You're awesome. Yeah, love you, man. I love you, thank you so much. Peace out, everybody. Yes, guys, Woo! thank you. Oh.